atmosphere, as Paul, was, Paul told Timothy, do not take for granted the words of prophecy that were spoken to you when the elders laid their hands on you. But by them, you may learn how to wage a good what? A good what? Warfare. I don't know the scripture. So one way to wage warfare is not to keep on scattering the devil. Amen. Are we together? Uh, it, it, it's, it's a good way, but uh, it's not sometimes very effective. One good way of waging warfare, it's praying in accordance with the word of God that has proceeded forth. And so we declare whatever word of God is supposed to pass in our time shall not delay in Jesus' name. It shall surely come to pass. Glory be to Jesus. It is amazing. That word has kept ringing in my spirit. And because I had it, and because you had it, it shall surely come to pass. In Jesus' mighty name. I want to talk and just finish up on something I started a while ago. The spirit of Christ. Having the spirit of Christ. Having the spirit of Christ. And I began by saying the other time that the reason as to why Jesus desires that we have his spirit is because the only way we can be able to live like him is if we have his spirit. I know in many ways we have defined him as the Holy Spirit. But I felt very convinced in my heart that we need to bring this other dimension. Praise be to the name of the Lord. To know that he is the spirit of Christ. Glory be to Jesus. He is still the Holy Spirit. He is a spirit of grace. He is a spirit of truth. But he is the spirit of Christ. Those are the manifold, the multi-faceted dimensions of the Holy Spirit. Praise be to the name of the Lord. It is a growing desire in me. To be like Jesus and to manifest like him as Davis began to read to us Second Corinthians that we reflect and we radiate the glory of Christ but for that to happen we must be carriers of his spirit amen what do I mean by carriers of his spirit? It is to be conformed to his attitude at any given instance. I know the people from the West like putting uh, some initials there, WWJD. What would Jesus do in such a situation? But deeper than that, not only about trying to be like him, but indeed being like him. 
not trying, but being like him in any situation. I believe it would be very freeing in our spirits and in our hearts and in our lives that at any instance, as believers, we don't fall short of the glory of God. That indeed how Christ would manifest in a certain situation, that's how we appear. And if that becomes the desire of your heart, then you are in the right path of life. Praise be to the name of the Lord. If that becomes what informs your day-to-day -day living, then indeed we are in the right path of life. If you'd want to be like Christ or to be his representative in any given position, and that becomes your innermost desire because there is warfare in our souls there's a part of us, especially those that believe, that want really to please the Lord, but there's a part that wants to please ourselves. But if a believer comes to a position whereby his mind, his desire, his longings, his interests is only to please Christ, then he is a very healthy believer. Praise be to the name of the Lord. But you realize that if that is your desire, there will be a thirst for the spirit that was in Christ. Because that is the only way we can be like him. We cannot be like Christ by just mere reading of the scripture and trying to practice what he spoke, what he said, and how he reacted. Many people have tried to no avail. Actually, there is a man who decided for 365 and a quarter days in the UK, he would want to live like Jesus. And he tried, and I can tell you, by the end of a week, he had already given up. Because this life of Christ is not a, a life that is modeled that you can be able to easily imitate. This is a life that flows from the inside. It is a life that is informed by a spirit. That's what we are calling the spirit of Christ. And that is what I would want us to get a hold of. So John chapter 14 verse 15 to 24. Uh, John chapter 14 verse 15 to 24. I'll speak on some few things. And even what probably hinders us from receiving the spirit of Christ. If you love me, keep my commandments and I'll pray the father. And he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever the spirit of truth who the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you I will not leave you orphans I will come to you then he says, a little while longer, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me, because I live, you will live also. At that day you will know that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, 
and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas Iscariot said to him, Lord, how is that that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and will come to him and we will come to him and make our abode or our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the fathers who sent me. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Praise be to the Lord. Now you see, Jesus is saying, there is something I will leave to you, or there is someone I will ask the Father to give to you. And if this person does not come to you, you remain as orphans or destitute. People that are lost, people that are confused, because Jesus pulled them out of the world, showed them a different lifestyle, as Emmanuel, God with us, God with them. And now he was exiting, and if he exits, he is certain that they cannot be able to continue in that life that he gave to them unless he is with them. Praise be to the name of the Lord. And many people, when we are in a gathering of the church members in the house of the Lord, it is very easy for us to practice the life of Christ. But when many of us disperse and we go to our own lives and our own locations and situations, it becomes very hard to continue in the Lord. As it were, it is like the experience that Peter, John, and James had at the mountain of transfiguration. And they said, we don't want to leave this place. Let's just make a tent here. If it were left for us to choose to stay in such gatherings as this, I believe a lot would be accomplished in our growth in Christ. But God did not call us to stay in the temple. He called us to go into the world. And if we go into the world and we are not in the fellowship of the brethren as we are, then many people fall short of the life they were experiencing when they were in a gathering like this. Probably in their prayer life. Probably in their duty and Christian work. They failed to maintain the momentum. And this was the very essence why Jesus had to speak this matter to the disciples. He tells them that I know while you are with me, there's a kind of life you have experienced. There are things you have seen with your eyes. There's a kind of life you have lived. When you needed to pay your tax, Peter, you just needed to go and open up the mouth of a fish and get something. When you needed food, I could just multiply the food. You know, uh, you had different encounters, healings here and there. You know, people being raised from the dead. There is a life that you have been able to see. There is a life that you've been able to know. But I am living 
And I have already introduced you to this life. You can imagine being introduced into a certain life that is completely parallel from the normal life that people are living. And then the one who introduces this to you lives. He goes. Praise be to the name of the Lord. That's why Jesus says, I will not leave you as destitutes. I will not hang you dry. Praise be to the name of the Lord. And many people, we've had certain experiences in the cohort of believers, in the gathering of believers, in a service like this. But when we go back to our situations and our lives and where we practice life, day-to-day -day life, we are hanged dry. We don't again experience the very things that we were experiencing. Probably it was easy for you to pray. You encountered miracles, signs, and wonders. Some of you were at uh, Kasarani uh, uh, when Suleiman was there, Selman was there, and you saw the different miracles of the glory of God. But you're wondering what has happened to you since you have left. Praise be to the name of the Lord. Why cannot those things that happened, they are be happening on a daily basis in my life. The experiences, the awesome glory of God that we saw. It is because many people, we have been orphaned. Turn to your neighbor, tell your neighbor, orphaned. Left us destitute. Having experienced something, but now not experiencing it. And Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans. Any encounter you have with Jesus, Jesus desires it to be a lasting encounter, a lasting experience. Praise be to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God desires that you'll walk through this phase of life with the victory of Christ Jesus that you have encountered. Praise be to the name of the Lord. And that's why he says now, because I will not be Emmanuel with you, I will create another provision. And I will let the spirit who has been operating in me be equally distributed in you. So that that which you are experiencing from outside, you begin experiencing from within. Praise be to the name of the Lord. So Jesus is saying, I will ask the Father. And the Father, this is a request by Jesus, will send you another one of my type. The word is paraclete. Another of my type. Are we together? Not another different from me, but another of my type. Another comforter, helper, counselor who now will not be with you, but will be in you. And that is the spirit of Christ who we are talking about. Praise be to the name of the Lord. He is also termed here as the spirit of truth. But I want you to see something here. The Bible says, the world cannot receive him. The world cannot receive him. And sometimes we wonder why many people are not able to receive the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of Christ. It is because the world cannot 
receive him. However, how much we try to cause the world to receive him, the world cannot receive him. I know we quote Job and say that the spirit of the Lord shall be poured upon all flesh. Amen? Are we together? Shall be poured upon what? And what will happen when the spirit of God is poured upon all flesh? Young men shall dream dreams or shall see visions. Young ladies shall also see visions. The maid servants shall prophesy whatever happens there and the women and the older women shall dream dreams. And we see that the spirit of God is outpoured over everybody. That's not what it means. Not everybody is able to receive the spirit of God. He may be poured out upon all flesh, but it's only the 120 at the upper room that were able to receive him. Praise be to the name of the Lord. Only the 120. He was poured out on earth, but only 120 were able to receive him. Why? They were not in the world. I have come to realize that as long as your mind is fixed and your heart is weighed by the world, and listen to me, the world is not the food you eat. The world is not the car you drive. The world is not the clothes you wear. The world is not the place you stay. Praise be to the name of the Lord. The world is a system, an attitude. It's a viewpoint that you approach these natural things with. It's a mindset, it's a heart set. The Bible says that all that is in the world, first John chapter two, verse fourteen or seventeen. First John chapter what? Go check it. Chapter 2, verse what? 17. Ah, go up. It's 16. For all that is in the world, in the world, is what? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Many people are not able to receive the spirit of Christ so as to operate like Christ because of these passions, of these attitudes, of these heart sets and mindsets, the world being over them. These are the greatest saboteurs or the things that sabotage our ability to receive the spirit of Christ. Whatever our flesh demands. Whatever our eyes demand. And whatever the self life demands. That is all that is in the world. Glory be to the name of the Lord. And I have realized. As per your ability. To detach yourself. From this experience. Praise be to the name of the Lord. As your ability to detach yourself from the lusts of the flesh, the lusts of the eyes and the pride of life, that's how you are able to access or receive, to
to have a clear reception of the spirit of Christ. Glory be to the name of the Lord. There are words we used when we are talking about receiving the spirit of God. There are words like filled with the Holy Spirit. And they were all filled with who? With the Holy Spirit. Now, you discover in the book of Acts, especially when you go to Acts chapter 6, there are some people who are there that the Bible says they were full. To be filled with the Holy Spirit does not mean you are full. To be filled is a continuous process. But there are men that the Bible records they were full. Ask your neighbor whether you are full or you are being filled. Hallelujah. Can you? <laughs> and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. And also when you go to the story of them praying, the Bible says that they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God boldly. I think it's chapter 4, uh, that last verse there. After Peter has returned and they have prayed the prayer that God will give them the power to be able to preach the word of God with signs working and healings happening. And the Bible says, yes, good. Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit, say to them, rulers of the people and the elders of Israel, ah, okay, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Are we together? And sometimes we mistake being filled with the Holy Spirit as being full of the Holy Spirit. Those are two different aspects. Go to Acts chapter 6. There are men who are there, I think chapter 7 also, somebody like Stephen, how the Bible describes him. Very quickly, I hope I have a Bible scholar at the back in the name of Jesus Christ to help me. I'm not as accurate and precise with the scriptures as Apostle David Juma. Acts chapter 6, 7. Uh, Chapter 6, go to chapter 6. Uh, uh -huh. Look for it and put it. It's there. The Bible talks of Stephen, a man, fool. Hey. Verse 8. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, can, you, can you read the ones you want to go? And Stephen, fool of what? Faith and power did great wonders and signs among the people. There's a man who was full. When we talk about someone being full of the Spirit of God, it means his reception of the Spirit of God has come to a place of overflow. That means he has been able to deal with that which is in the world. Precisely, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and the lust of the eyes. And Jesus says, the world cannot receive them, cannot receive him. Why? Because it neither sees him nor knows him. Praise be to the name of the Lord. There is something when you carry the spirit of the world. There is something that happens. You are veiled. You are veiled from Christ to see him as he is. And because you don't delight in him. You cannot be able to receive the spirit that is his. You must come to a place where in your heart, 
And this is something that you must desire to be captivated with the Lord. Are we together? To be captivated, to be totally sold out. You, you must long for him, long to know him, long to see him, long to love him, desire to be like him. There must be that great desire that cuts you off from these other desires you have seen in the book of Acts. Uh, not Acts, but First John chapter 2, verse 16 and 17. These desires of the world. These desires of the world. I am interestingly discovering as I continue in life that you cannot have passion for things and passion for worldly material things and still in the same heart contain passion for God. You can't. You cannot. You cannot be drenched with the fear of this world and still have the fear of God in you. And for the spirit of God to come and reside and make an abode in you, you must come to a place whereby you are really captivated with this Jesus. He has taken over your world. Um, I don't want to say you lust after him, but you love him. Genuinely. Lust sometimes it's beyond your control because you are being controlled. But love is directed informed decision that you are aware of. Praise be to the name of the Lord. And that's why Jesus says, if you love me, you keep my commandments. And this, the Father will send his spirit of truth inside of you. Then, the experience of what you've been seeing outside with other people, because as Jesus had the spirit of God in him, there are other people who have the spirit of God in him and many of us have been basking in their experience, the outward experience. Are we together? Christ has been Emmanuel to you because he is operating with people around your circles. But now, when you are able to receive him, the spirit of truth inside of you, then the experience you have been having outside becomes an internal experience, a personal experience. That's why Jesus says, then you shall know that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, and you are in me, and I am in you. Glory be to the name of the Lord. And this is what we are calling the Spirit of Christ. Glory be to his holy name. My prayer is that all of us will have this experience. And divorce ourselves and resign to what is in the world so that we can be able to be filled until we are full of the spirit of God. If there is a warfare you must fight as a believer is the warfare against these three forces. Praise be to the name of the Lord. The lust of the flesh. These are desires to gratify your sinful nature or the rebel nature. Um, you know, the world will never tolerate the spirit of God. And the spirit of God will never tolerate the spirit of the world. Never. 
There will never be a compromise. There will never be a dialogue. <laughs> and, and, and always, you know, the, the devil operates in the three ways. Deception, you know, accusation, and bringing evil around you. And one of the ways that the devil operates very well is to make you think that you can be able to have the spirit of God and in the same breath have the spirit of the world. It's a deception. And the moment you give room to the flesh, here the flesh does not mean your body, it simply means the cravings and the passions of the sinful nature, the rebel nature that is anti-God, the antichrist. The antichrist spirit that, that hates the things of Christ. It hates prayer. It hates holy living. Praise be to the name of the Lord. It, it, it likes comforts and gratification. Praise be to the name of the Lord. It is either you are ceding ground to the world or you are ceding ground to the Spirit of God. But I want you to realize they will always be in contradiction. And they will never, ever agree. There is no time that the flesh will come and say, I give up. Or let the spirit have his way. Or the spirit say, let the flesh have his way. There is always a contention. Galatians chapter 5. What does the Bible say up there? I think verse number 8. What does it say? I want you to realize this so that you can be able to know how to carry the spirit of Christ in you. How to be filled with the spirit of Christ. Galatians, Galatians chapter number 5. Galatians chapter number 5. Glory be to his holy name. Hallelujah. Verse number 8, what does it say? Um, sorry. Is it verse number 8 or verse number 5? Or verse number 16, sorry. Verse number 16. What does it say? I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Uh -huh. Continue. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are what are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish praise be to the name of the lord so we are being told just go back we are being told this are contrary the spirit of the world the desires of this world that's why you find yourself you want to pray the first thing that will happen is you don't want to pray. Amen. <laughs> you want to go for a Kesha. The first thing that is happening is that you, you don't want to go for a Kesha. You want. The spirit of God wants you to be there. You know what is right to do. But the first thing you want to do is not to go. Then you begin to pray. When you begin to pray, the devil. You, be, you know, you, be, you begin to pray. You're serious about your passion. You know what you want in God. You know the miles, the distance you want to make in God. Immediately, the devil begins to supply you with the prayer requests. You go to a different tangent. You begin praying carnally, fleshly prayers. 
you defile your time of prayer and your pursuit of God. By the time you are through with prayer, you have gone off. You are more dry than when you began. The spirit of God was taking you through a certain tangent by the flesh. And the flesh, I'm telling you, for those who know how to fight spiritual battle, you know what I'm talking about. You can begin very well. Father, I thank you. I bless you. I honor you. Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You know, blessed be your name. Be magnified. Being exalted. Uh, then the flesh serves in many ways. The flesh can even begin feeding you with shame. Feeding you with guilt. So that you take an off turn. You forget about Jesus. You go, you go, you get lost. You enter into condemnation. You, you backfire. Another one may be taken on the needs that need to be supplied and what is not working. You see somebody crying, you think, they are just recovering from a heartbreak. You know, they began to pray and the bridegroom, Christ, was replaced by the face of their ex. And the prayer goes to another site. That's where when the pastor begins continues in prayer and is now binding the devil. You hear somebody say, yes, but he is not binding the devil. <laughs> they indeed binding someone. Why? Because they were taken to an off tangent. The devil will never let your spirit prevail. And that's why you need to have information and great knowledge on how to sustain yourself fixated on the things of the spirit. Walking in the spirit. You have to quieten yourself and ask the spirit of God to help your infirmity. That's why one of the challenges that many people have is being able to speak in tongues and authentic tongues, not religious tongues. Because when the spirit of God carries you up and you're able to be in the spirit of God, then these things vanishes. I know you know when you've had a breakthrough in prayer. I know you know it. And many times what you're praying for is not what you came to pray for. Yeah, those days that you have had an open heaven, you could see things and things and things and beyond in this place of prayer and your eyes would be open. It's because you have learned how to walk in the spirit. Glory be to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So there will always be an enmity. James chapter 3, chapter 4, sorry. What does the Bible say? There will always be an enmity. Never wait for the devil or the world or the flesh to give you room to pray. To give you a conducive environment. Go to verse number 7. Sorry, verse number 3. Can you read one to go? You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Even the Holy Spirit. That's number four. Can you read? Adulterers and adulteresses. Do you not know that what? Friendship with the world is enmity with God. Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. 
people of God, it's very important to discern the motives of our engagements with God. One of the things I found very difficult, even when I'm ministering, even up to today, is to keep that pure motive of the heart. And let me tell you, children of God, if you can access that paradigm, mind your heart, you are doing this entirely because you love the Lord. You have won a very big battle. You have won a very big battle. And let me tell you, heavens will open for you. That's why it's usually very important for you to be engaged in a time of reflection, meditation, and prayer, even before you come to the Lord to serve and ask yourself, why are you doing what you're doing? Praise be to the name of the Lord. The Bible says you ask so that when you receive, you can use it for your own pleasure. Sometimes you want to preach well so that you sound good. Sometimes you want to lead the songs very well uh, so that they, it is said, Sometimes you want to do things perfect so that you can get an accolade there, a praise there. The Spirit of God does not come to such an adulterous heart. May the Lord bring us to a place whereby we are completely cut off from the world. Cut off. That is what we are battling with. This worldly spirit has crept into the church. Especially with the aspect of performance. If you ask many people why they need the Holy Spirit and power in their lives, you'll be shocked. The true thing, the true thing, why they want that power. It's for their own pleasure, gratification, satisfaction, praise. The spirit of the world is so subtle, it has entered the church in a big way. Almost speaking like Trump, bigly. It has entered into the church bigly. And it's so subtle, it's like the serpent. Whispering in the ears of Eve. Sometimes the things we do and why we do them. And we wonder why will we not receive the spirit of truth? Why will our services be orphaned? Why will our lives and ministers be orphaned? So that we don't see the experiences of the scripture. The word of God, the power of God is because our hearts are chained and with deep roots, our, our roots go deep to this worldly thing that is an enemy with God. Let no one lie to you. When God sees the world, an inch of the world in us, he sees his enemy. And it doesn't matter how well we are sounding, how good we are preaching. To him, he is hostile to such kind of a setting. And we may cry out, may we receive the Holy Spirit now, but he won't. If there is something that the Spirit of God is quickening you to cut off, to break off, and at the same time you're crying, you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit it will be an exercise in futility. I have realized 
that not all times you need hands laid on you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes there are things you let go and the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Mightily. In a way you never realized. Because now God has found a friend in you. The Spirit of God has found a place he can call home. Not Baghdad. But if the Spirit of God, anytime he sees your heart, he sees contention. There's something you are holding to. He is saying, let it go. But you are holding on to it. And you still want him. That's where the contradiction usually is. And he said in the book of Genesis, in the days of Noah, my spirit shall no longer strive with the spirit of man again. That's why Jesus says, and we will come and make an abode in you if you truly love me. And if you truly love me, the illustration will be you'll obey my commands. That word commands is not law. That word command is the daily instruction that he gives you for your life. He's not going to Genesis, Exodus chapter 20 and reading the Ten Commandments and saying like the young man, I have obeyed them since birth. But when the young man is told, now follow this, he can't follow it. The Spirit of God wants to reside in everyone. Jesus does not want you to be orphaned in this world. He wants you to be filled with his spirit. Hallelujah. Are we together? Are you understanding what we are saying? So the world cannot receive him. And when, when you are not experiencing an infilling, a continual infilling of the spirit of God in your life, check your life. Have you ceded ground to these lusts and the pride of life? Is there self-exaltation? Is there some lust that you have given room? Is there wildliness in your heart? Might be that is what the Spirit of God is contending with. Is that door open? Might be that is what the Spirit of the Lord is doing what? Is contending with. Hallelujah. Praise be to the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, Romans chapter 8 verse 9 says, but we are not of the flesh. But you are not in the flesh. But we are in Christ. We are in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God does what? Dwells in you. Now if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his are we together possessing the spirit of Christ is certainly belonging to Jesus many people they own Christ but Christ does not own them can I repeat that many people do what? Own Christ. They have a confession and a profession of Christ in their lips. But Christ does not own them. 
That's why the Bible says, many will say, Lord, Lord. But he will say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. One of the things that every believer should pursue, I'm just changing your perception and your worldview right now, is to come to a place whereby you know that Jesus owns you. You are his property. You know, when the heavens were open and the father said, this is my son. Glory be to Jesus. That settled the deal. That heavens had owned or God had owned Christ. He is mine. Glory be to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm saying praise be to the name of the Lord. Many religious folks are happy to be in church and to have a profession and confession with their mouth of how they are in love with God. But they have never come to a place whereby they know and they hear Jesus saying, I'm in love with you or you are mine. The truest satisfaction of a believer is not when you own your confession, but when Christ owns you. That happens when the Spirit of God comes upon you and you are filled with him in the inside of you. When anyone is filled with the Holy Spirit, there is a testament, there is a testimony, there is a conviction that you are not of your own. Someone is in charge of your life. That's why the Bible says the spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Immediately you realize I belong to somebody. Hallelujah. That's what we call the spirit of adoption. And that is what cuts us off from the orphan spirit. Many people want the spirit of God so that when they want to perform a miracle here, they can perform. When they want to pray in tongues, they can pray in tongues. But it goes beyond that. It is about your belonging in the kingdom of God. What we call your righteousness. It is about your identity. Praise be to the name of the Lord. If you do not have the spirit of Christ, you are not his. And you know, sometimes we overlook this kind of scripture. It is amazing that you don't belong to Christ because you attend a church somewhere. Amen. You don't belong to Jesus because you're in the worship team. You don't belong to Jesus because you are a preacher like Pastor James. You don't belong to Jesus because you dress in your Sunday best. You belong to Jesus because his spirit is in you. And when his spirit is in you, he confirms with your spirit that you indeed belong to God. Praise be to the name of the Lord. That's why we need the spirit of God. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirits. We are what? The children of God. And this is the aspect of our assurance 
of salvation. Second Corinthians chapter 3 verse 17. We must have the spirit of Christ in us. Second Corinthians chapter 3 verse 17. The Bible says, Now the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Indeed, what the Bible is telling us here simply is that to have the spirit of God is to have the Lord himself. Praise be to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. First Peter chapter 1 verse 10 to 11. I'm just rushing because of time. Of this salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched carefully who prophesied of the spirit of grace that would come to you, searching what or what manner of time the spirit of Christ who was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand the suffering of Christ and the glories that would follow. The Bible tells us even the prophets of old, they carried the spirit of Christ. That's why they would be able to testify about the things that Christ would go through. So how do we receive the spirit of Christ? Numbers chapter 11, verse 17. Numbers chapter 11, verse 17. Numbers chapter 11, verse 17. Moses is told, Then I will come down and talk with you there. I will take of what? Of the spirit that is upon you. And I will put the same upon them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with you. That you may not do what? Bear it yourself alone. When you have this image of Moses leading the children of Israel alone and he is struggling to judge and lead them alone he is worried then God he prays to God and God answers him and gives him a strategy he says I will come down Moses I will take the spirit that is in you amen and I'll put the spirit upon these men that you have chosen for yourselves to be the leaders of the house of Israel. And immediately your spirit or that spirit that I've caused to be upon you is upon them. They will begin to bear the burden to have the same attitude, to have the same mind, to have the same heart, to have the same thoughts, to have the same movements, to have the same judgment as you. Such that you will not need to handle every matter because the person on whom the spirit I'm picking from you will land on will just operate like you. This is what it means to have the Holy Spirit. It means that God takes out of the fullness of Christ and drops it and distributes him, the spirit of Christ, upon each and every one of us. So that now Jesus does not need to be with us on earth physically. But he is in his people in Asia, 
in America, in Africa, in England, wherever. He is in them, in the different people, through his spirit. And whatever Jesus would be able to do, then we are able also to do. Praise be to the name of the Lord. That is what it means to have the spirit of Christ. We cannot operate like Christ until this has happened. That that which is of him is taken from him and distributed in us. And this is the desire of my heart. That we can draw from him. We can draw from him. Uh, you know, the reason I'm saying this is because there is a counterfeit spirit. Turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor there's a counterfeit spirit. I want to just read one more text and then we get into prayer. Prayer. There is a counterfeit spirit. Don't leave yet, please. There is a counterfeit spirit that many of us have received. Out of the fullness of its masquerade, we have drawn. We live in a church age. Are we together? And many of us, what we have, many of us, sorry to say this, even me included, what we have is a religious spirit. A religious spirit. Taken and distributed evenly. My prayer is that someone in this gathering, you will be able to tap into the spirit of Christ today. When the spirit of Christ comes upon us, we will behave, operate, walk, think, feel, carry the burden as the 72 who the spirit of Moses was distributed in them. So that even those that were in the tents remaining, eldered and eldered, they began prophesying just like Moses was a prophet. We cannot say we are carrying the spirit of Christ, but we have nothing of him. I, I want to raise a generation of believers who are not comfortable. We are not comfortable until Christ is real in our lives. So may every other spirit that we have taken the spirit that speaks in tongues that cannot be able to live holy, let it be removed. May those tongues vanish yeah, until we receive the genuine one that speaks in tongues and walks like Christ, carries the burden of Christ. May those things be, may God remove and detach us from that which is false. That we may get out of his fullness. And this is a prayer I want us to make. Let's stand up on our feet in the book of John. Glory be to Jesus. These are the journeys I want us to make in the spirit. Glory be to the name of the Lord. That we will not be captured by another thing. Hallelujah. And let me tell you, people of God, this will take great sacrifice. Did you hear what I said? It will take great sacrifice. You must learn to unlearn. And ask the Lord to help you. John uh, chapter 1. Hallelujah. John chapter 1. The spirit of Christ. 
the spirit of Christ. That same spirit of Christ. Verse number 16. What does the Bible say? And of his, and of his fullness we have received. What? Grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus. No one has seen God at any one time. The only begotten son is in the bosom of the father. He has declared him. I want us to pray that we will draw. Go verse 16. Verse 16. I want us to pray that we will draw out of his fullness. Amen. We will receive grace upon grace. The spirit upon the spirit. More upon more of Christ. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Tell the Lord I want the authentic you. The authentic spirit. And sometimes it will demand that for him to give you out of his fullness, you must relinquish what fills your heart and is in contradiction and is an enemy to him. Praise be to the name of the Lord. Just lift up your voice to Jesus at this very particular hour. Lift your voice to the Lord. Tell the Lord, I want your spirit, O Christ. Father, impart 